Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday. It is February 4th. No, it's not. It's Monday, March 4th, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes with Jick and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and this is one of those days where saying Mr. Skullhead is not easy for me to do, so I won't say it very often. But uh, we're going to bring Jick in on the line right uh, now. Hello. Wow, the ringing was really loud, and then you're you are quiet and urbane as always. Yeah, am I? Am I? Am I? Uh, am I too quiet? Do you feel no. like you're about to get attacked by Indians? You're a little too rough. No, you're good. See, your volume I can control. Okay. Haha. Forever. And so. Tell hey. me how loud to be then. That's good. Um, okay. So March fourth. The only date that is a command. Yeah, it, is it? Yeah, I mean, really, any day in March could be a command if you were telling somebody what order to march in. I suppose. March twenty third. I was just thinking, like, go forth and multiply, kind of March fourth. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it, it, it's the only date that is a homophone of a command. Oh, there we go. Isn't it also Star Wars Day? March the fourth be with you. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, Mr. Skullhead, guess what? Uh, what? I'm drinking a beer in San Francisco, and both of those things make me very happy. So I'm guessing that uh, your life is a lot more improved since last week. Your yeah, well, I mean, in, in every way, yeah. <laughs> this morning I woke up, and I put on uh, I put on my shoes, and I walked around the corner to a coffee shop, and then I walked next door to a place that not only had bagels, but had hundreds of bagels. Mm. And had a name, uh, a name uh, that, that is a pun about bagels. It's called Holy Bagels. Except whole is spelled H-O-L-E-Y. Uh, so it's not entirely bagels or sacred bagels. It's bagels with holes. Yeah. Bagels with holes. Yeah. I, yeah. Gotcha. I don't exactly understand that. You know, so uh, so another thing that happened today was that I I, uh, I guess I became single because my girlfriend is a lesbian now. She got a she got a very drastic haircut uh, at a salon called like Sheer Pleasure or something, and this would be as though there was a there was a salon whose name was Sheer Pleasure, but it was just S H E E R. Uh huh. You know. Right. Like. So if you if, if you had a smoke shop and you called it Holy Smokes, but it was W H O L L Y. Yeah, entirely smokes. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. That that is actually a joke. But Holy Bagels is like, well, you've used a weird adjective that is accurate to describe a bagel, <laughs> but it's but it isn't Holy Smokes or Holy Shit or Holy Crap. So you're saying the deal the your problem with it is that Holy Bagels is not something that people say. Well, sure. Well, it it is not something that people say, but it is also, yeah, like it's not funny, right? It's just it 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 just seems wrong. It's not like a play on words. It's just, you know, you know what I mean. There's yeah. no there's no joke content. It's just there's no it's there. It's just there. a word that has some homophones, but the homophones don't mean anything, right? In that context. So yeah. It, yeah, I I don't know. You know, the bagel was pretty good though. They they put some cream cheese on it for you. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think. A man walked in. A man walked in, and they said, "Do you want your regular?" And he said, "Yes, I do." And I thought, "That's a good sign." Either a sign that that guy, you know, is easy to please, or that this place is worth coming back to. And it was a pretty good bagel. All right. Are you? The important thing is that I walked there. Where, uh, where in the city are you staying this year? And mission still. We we just keep staying in different parts of the mission. Uh We like to be close to that rock gym because it is the best rock gym in the world. And also, you know, there's a lot of bars and cool stuff in there. We're right, we're right close to the sausage restaurant that we like so much. Do we take you there? I don't think so. Okay. We'll have to do it. Well, I, w- I will if you guys get over here. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so we got we rolled in last night. We, uh, we, we went on Saturday. Uh, we left, uh, left Phoenix Saturday morning and uh, drove over to... We were trying to go to Morongo, but the hotel at the casino there was all booked up, so we ended up staying in Palm Desert, which is next to Palm Springs, Uh uh, which is sort of like, I guess Palm Springs is to L.A. what Florida is to New York, which is sort of like where the rich people from there go to play golf and and die. Like, all of the billboards are for mortuaries and golf shops. Um. But yeah, we met uh, we met up with David Bass. We hung around, talked about talked about video games. That's what David Bass and I like to do. We're both industry insiders, you know. You are. You have industry insider insight, <clears throat> insider. And how so? How long is that drive? Uh, well, it was like from from home to Palm Springs. It was like four hours, and then from there to San Francisco was like seven more. Uh huh. And we got started kind of late. And, you know, so we just dicked around and we, we weren't in a huge hurry. Sure. We got here, we checked into this house, pretty cool house. The internet, the router was busted in a weird way, but, but they took care of it. But I was worried about, they, they took care of it by taking it back to the Apple store. Like, this is, this is the thing. I very much don't like the whole genius bar thing. Uh-huh. Like, I, I get, I get when people tell me why it shouldn't bother me why I should like it you know but but I but I but I don't I don't like having to sign up to go get a faulty product serviced or replaced hmm. and it wouldn't so so the the thing that actually bothers me is I once showed up at an Apple store with a broken laptop and I said I'm in no hurry to get this fixed but it's broken and I could they would not because I hadn't made an appointment they would not let me drop it off which that is just full on fucking nonsense. Yeah, that is some bullshit right there. Right? Like, let me make an appointment right now, and when it's time for my appointment, you can walk over to the box that you put this in and pick it up and pretend that I handed it to you. Like, yeah, I don't know. But because this is a fucking Apple wireless router that they have, they had to take it to the Apple store where they just gave them a new one. You know, came back just in time for the show to go on. Because it must, Mr. Scullet, it must. Of course. Yeah, to me, it's kind of weird to think of getting a router from the Apple Store. Yeah, I mean, it does do a bunch of stuff that a router doesn't do, I guess. Like, it's it's that, that whole airport thing, which is, which is a kind of, like, very easy to set up ad hoc wireless that, like, I guess an Apple TV would connect to it right away, and it automatically does all the stuff that you have to do for iTunes sharing and... Like, there's a printer that you can print to from any Mac in the house. 
Huh. Uh, it's a big hassle to connect to with a PC, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, whatever. But it's not like, you know, if it was just a normal router, like a $30 router from Best Buy, you would just go to Best Buy and buy another $30 router. Right. And throw that one away. But since this probably thing probably costs $200 and is actually covered by some kind of warranty that you know how to deal with, it suddenly becomes a thing where it's like, yeah. you know, I guess if it was just at your house, you would take it with you and nobody would be sitting there just wasting time with their thumbs up their ass because they didn't have any. Hmm. Like we were. You didn't have so to do what the I, thumb thing. What had you sticking your thumbs up your ass this weekend? I would have to say I, I managed to spend a whole weekend without putting anything in my ass, which I have no idea how, but yeah, we got there. Do you consider eating to be putting something in your ass? Because you sort of are eventually, from the top. I think that's too slow of a process to to count as a... To really think of it as pudding. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess you don't put ice in the freezer. Well, I mean, you can, but, you know, it's like you don't put toast in the toaster. So that's sort of like you don't put turds in your butt. Yeah, you put bread in your butt and it comes out toast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this weekend was a slow one. We're kind of in a lull for the lulls between stuff. So we just kind of stuck close to home. And didn't do much at all. Uh, feel like we, oh, we watched a movie called The Sessions, which was pretty good. Which was about what was it about? It's about uh, it's a true story about a guy who had been paralyzed from the neck down. Well, not paralyzed, but he had polio when he was six, and it made it so he could only move his head. Like the rest of his body just didn't work, and he had to spend most of his time in an iron lung, and it. He grew up to be a poet and a journalist and at some point hired a sex therapist to kind of get him ready to have sex with somebody else, basically. To get him over his, like, mental and physical bullshit so that he could have sex with people. And it was just really interesting. It's like two really likable characters having this, like, exploration of how this paralyzed-ass dude is going to have some sex. Yeah, it was pretty pretty solidly great. Because polio removes your ability to move stuff, but you can still, like, feel it, right? Yeah, he could still get to full mast and get off. Well, I was, I mean, I, I was speaking more broadly. Oh, I was talking I used to, directly I used to work with a guy who had polio uh, as a kid, and uh, he was just in a wheelchair. Hmm. His legs were His legs were all atrophied and did not work. I think so yeah, that's my story about polio. Did he hire Helen Hunt to be a sex therapist? Because that's what happened to uh, the other guy. No, no. Hmm. How does a sex therapist work? I mean, I know that, like, you'll get, like, you know, if somebody has, like, uh, the, the kind of disease that debilitates you in a way that nobody will ever sleep with you. Like, there are people who are, who will have sex with you for medical reasons, right? That don't run afoul of prostitution laws? Or is it like a weird gray area? I feel like I remember reading an article about this. She had this thing... Like, she had a very strict set of rules that she had to follow in the movie. Like, you couldn't feed her after midnight, and you Mm -hmm. couldn't get her wet. Because that was... The first rule was not to talk about her. Right. Uh, Well, so... 
she could only be with him for six sessions, and after that they had to cut it off. I don't know. I never got if that was required of her by law, or if that was just her way of avoiding the guy falling in love with her. But like, it seemed like she was pretty knowledgeable about how to have sex how, with somebody who's paralyzed. You know, like, she was obviously a medical professional doing a medical thing, but she was definitely, you know, sucking this guy's dick and, and having sex with him. That was... The best part of the, uh... The thing was William H. Macy as a priest with giant Beach Boys-style hair. So that was excellent. And at, at one point he asks the priest if if it's okay with the church if he has this premarital sex to figure out what he's doing at like 38 years old and the priest says I think the Lord would say go for it that made me happy like I hope that that's actually what the priest said to him when he went to find out like you're so shit on at this point by by life that yeah go for it what was I was reading uh no, I wasn't reading. I was listening. I must have been at This American Life or something uh, where somebody who was, I, I don't know if they were, I think they might have been Catholic, but it might have just been some other, some some religion that like was specifically like don't masturbate and talking about how just tormented he was in his like late teens, early 20s because he was really trying not to. And he finally went to a priest and he was like, man, I'm going nuts. The priest was like, man, just jack off. Uh-huh. It's okay. All right, yeah, that was a pretty good story. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, see, when I said I have to do something, I'm losing my mind. They said you should go play tennis. Yeah, but you, to be fair, you went to your parents about this because your parents were also your preacher. No, I, I went to. I didn't actually have to go to anybody. We at a high school camp. We had a a speaker come in who gave us a talk about sex and how far is too far with your girlfriend and and told us to gave us this book to read that he had written that said when you're tempted you should channel your sexual energy into other things like go for a, a run or play tennis or something and he's like obviously he didn't remember or maybe he didn't know how hard it is to play tennis if you have a boner mm-hmm. but I mean, obviously that's not going to do anything to your teenage urge to fuck everything that moves, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you might eventually pass out from dehydration or something. Right. Right, I mean, it is difficult to jack off while you are playing tennis. I will say that. That's true. Maybe if you just um, never stop playing tennis until you fall asleep and have a wet dream. Because the wet dream is okay. So that's, like, we're all praying for the wet dream. Because that yeah. is a—that's the only ejaculation that's okay by God. Yep. That's kind of that. I got—I feel sorry for the guy who has who has to write that technicality into the into the <laughs> codex. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't really, you know, because that guy's free to leave. So. Ah, anyway, so you watched you watched that. Did you then? Did you then role play uh, paralyzed from the neck down polio sufferer? <laughs> no, we just had regular sex. 
Yeah, I just say for me that would be that would be no different than my usual performance. <laughs> that would be no different than my wife's usual performance. Ha! That's not true, but it's a good joke. Mm-hmm. Just gonna let it go. See, I was trying. I was trying to be self-deprecating. Mm. You're being other-deprecating. I'm kind of self-defecating. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what else you been? What else you been up to? I, I, it's, it seems like it seems like it's been a week. Yeah, I would love to tell you big and exciting things, and but we're like mid exciting things happening. It's a doldrum. Yeah, we got a bit of a well, like a week off. Seems like last week we were pretty busy doing the stuff. This week we're gonna have a thing or a thing, for sure. Oh yeah, there's the Pi Day. Pi Day thing is this week. It's never on actual Pi Day. It's on March 9th, so Saturday. Where we everybody makes pies and we have a party where we eat the pies. Huh. Because it's okay. for three fourteen, right? Yeah. No. I, I can, yeah. I they can never have it. Like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you're okay with that. Why? Eh, I don't know. It's like having a Star Wars party on May the fourth. I still think May the fourth is dumb. True. Okay. But you know, it's like it's, having a it's like having a flag squad meeting on March fourth. <laughs> Party. Meeting? Party. If what do flag have... squads have? Also, what's a flag right. squad? Right. It's like Monster Squad, only they're constantly getting attacked by flags. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they have a poster up in their treehouse that it's just the flags of all the nations. Right. Whoa, Zimbabwe's got nards. Um, what do they call The color guard? The, co- yeah, the colored color guard. guard? The colored guard. The color yeah. guard. The scotch the- guard. What did the color guard do? They twirled the flags. Yeah, um, but were they? What were they? What were? What were they meant to accomplish? Presumably, I guess? they guarded the colors. So <laughs> the cheerleaders were to entice the football team to perform better, uh, yeah. so that they could be rewarded with uh, tender young flesh. Yeah, the cheerleaders but, were there to make sure all the young boys had to go play tennis, mm-hmm. and the color guard was there because some people are too athletically disinclined to play football or not attractive enough to be cheerleaders, but they deserve a shot to be on the football field. Not musical enough to be in band. I guess. You gotta have, I mean, I feel like you gotta have some, it takes some skills to twirl a flag that not everybody has. Uh, you don't think so? I mean, I see them throw it up in the air and it flips around and then they catch it and shit. That's like, you know, I feel like you gotta have at least a few days of, of bow staff okay, training. A couple of days of practice, sure. And I don't know. I never I, did get to where I could twirl a baton. They I were, mean, I didn't really try that hard. I would hope so. They were, uh... They really were the bottom of the social ladder at the football game. And it's kind of sad. Like, you don't... You hate for a stereotype to be true, but the flag squad was definitely... The, the bottom rung like when I saw the family guy where Meg joins the flag squad and it's like the girl with one leg the girl who has a horse's head instead of a regular head and the girl with the big beard it's like you know that's slight hyperbole but apparently that's a universal thing you know, if, and also really racist jeez is it? Yeah, I don't is know. it? Uh, so I guess when I think of when I think of the flag squad, I think uh, I think of like a you know sort of a plain girl with braces. Yeah. 
it's uh, I mean, it's the kind of thing. If you could be a cheerleader, you would. If you could be a football player, you would. If you could be in band, you would. You're not any of those things, but you still want to be on that field. So, off you go. That's, I guess I don't think of... I mean, just because I guess you didn't see them. Like, when when I went to join the band, I guess I didn't realize that there were people who didn't make the cut. Hmm. For that, and I guess there must have been. For band? Yeah, right. I mean, they, they, they can't have just let everybody in who was interested regardless of how well they played instruments because we could all play instruments and not everybody can, right? There must have been an audition that I'm forgetting. Especially for marching band. I don't know, our, our band leader in high school was such a dick that I joined choir. So, I don't remember. I was only in band for like a week in high school. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't bother... Uh I didn't have I didn't ever have a free period the entire time I was in high school where you and I went to high school. I was in a I was in a marching band, but everybody was in the marching band. The entire band was the marching band. Yeah. Um and also like half the football team was in the band because it was a really really small high school. <laughs> but But that was a good band. We got to we got to be on television. I know I I'm just now I'm just the old guy that tells this story of my glory days in high school over and over again, but we won this statewide concept contest to play at the NCAA finals. So, like, we were that band. At the NAACP finals? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we, we, they, we were going to play at the ACLU finals, but uh, they decided that it would be too offensive to the people who weren't uh, allowed into band because they didn't have lips. Well, that's just tragic. So I got that saxophone for Christmas, and a couple times... I've pulled it out and played it a little bit. But, like, there's really not a lot that you can do with a saxophone. You can be all uh, E Street Band and shit. Yeah, but that's never just a saxophone, right? Like, you can't you can't even really... I don't feel like you can pull off a, a smoky sax without a, without a little bit of a band backing you. You at least need, like, an upright bass and maybe, like... A, a, a snare drum and a cymbal played with brushes or something. Right. It's weird. I mean, it kind of makes me want to like record some songs so that I can get some use, get some practical use out of a saxophone. Right. But it just doesn't, you know, like the best guy just playing saxophone. Like it's it's just that whole thing where like any instrument that can only play one note at a time is not an instrument that's going to get you laid. You don't you know, think that a violinist, a violinist, super laid, a harpsichordist, yeah. drowning, drowning in like seventeen hundreds poontang. Is it the the more notes you can play at a time, the harder you get laid? It's like the person yeah, I think playing so. the, the harp or the piano is just ridiculously laid. Yeah, no, I get. Yeah, I guess that is kind of. Like, I mean, the accordion is pretty good too. Because they've got buttons that play a whole bunch of notes. Right. Right, so... I wonder as if there are more... As we've observed. Oh, man. Yeah. Accordion players. That is where it is at. That's why they play it so much in Paris. Yeah. they got a reputation to uphold. When you were in Paris, did you run into any street performers playing that 
kind of music that I don't know what kind of music it is that you play. <laughs> it's like minor. It's like minor key French accordion music. Da, 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 da. Yeah. No. Eh, not that. That's it. That's more. I know what you mean, and no. I saw a bunch of it while I was there, and I was like, this is fucking great. Like, I wish that this was always what street music sounded like. Because it was just like, it's like, it's not exactly depressing, but it's just, you know, it's like, it's moody. It's it's like, it's like thoughtful, you know? So somebody, somebody listening to this knows what that style of music is called. Because like, if I was going to take accordion lessons, they would say, what kind of music do you want to play? I imagine. Because like, you know, when you when you go to take guitar lessons, they say, what what do you want to learn? And you say Metallica or the Beatles. Right. Yeah. Uh, so when 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 you go to take accordion lessons, I have to imagine that it's either if they say, de musica, and then that's when you know that your answer is either uh, mariachi or a different accordion instructor. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, they ask you what kind of music and you're like, uh, well, so uh, there's oompa. <laughs> Uh, there's Lawrence Welk. You got some Zydeco is a thing. Yeah, there's there is Zydeco. But then what, what do you call what do you call minor key, mournful French accordion music? Hmm. I don't know. Somebody tell me what genre of music the French gypsy music is. Is it? Oh, maybe ooh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's gypsy. I guess you can also play. You can play. Uh, well, you could probably play like a Virginia reel on an accordion, couldn't you? Yeah, you could play some some Creole. You could play some gumbo. You could play some. Or you just sit around and kind of jam, Malaya. Right. That's good. Well, all right, we've managed to kill a half an hour, Mister Skelet. <laughs> Mio mile. Whenever I, uh, ever, since, ever since I started drinking again, I've been waking up at six thirty in the morning. Time. And oh, yeah. I don't know what that. No, not at all. Like, I you know I, I overdid it a little bit the first night because I I got started too early, <laughs> which is all. Which is always I got started too early and I drank nothing but beer, which is always the just like this is it, 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 the days when I feel bad after drinking. It's usually because of that, and I don't know what it is. Like it, I don't actually believe that there is much of a difference in what kind of booze you drink like I don't I don't hold no truck with that beer before liquor or liquor before beer or whatever but they do seem to kind of have separate counters for the unpleasant aspects of being drunk for me in a way that I've never fully understood yeah you know went to the casino and it was just was just random had a couple beers had a couple glasses of whiskey had a couple gins and tonic for a long period of time. Oh, man. So it turns out there is this stupid law uh, in California, which I thought the whole point of Indian casinos is that they were not subject to the gaming laws of the state or right. the country that they were in, but apparently not. So they're not allowed to have dice. They have a fucking craps table. So we went up to the craps table. We were like, hey, put some money down. All right, we're playing craps. And then we look to see where the dice are, and there aren't any dice. There are just, there's a deck of cards with the numbers one through six on them, uh, that the, the dealer sits there and just kind of fiddles with and pretends that somebody's rolling dice. And so after the first round of that, we were like, well, fuck that. Yeah, what the boy, is that, boy, is that just take away everything that is good about playing craps? 
So that's because there is something about not being able to use dice? Yes. Wow. Yep. And I and they said so there is also a roulette table. The roulette wheel does not have numbers on it. It has cards on it. And I said, well, if you can do that, couldn't you maybe get some dice printed with cards on the faces <laughs> instead of dice? And he said, the law explicitly forbids cubicle gambling devices. So, man, what is wrong with, like... So could you play with a single D12? Huh. I guess the numbers would be off. Like the odds would be off on that. Yeah, you could play with two. You could play with two d twelve. Although the betting would have to change, right? Unless you you could do two d twelve with one through six twice. Huh. On each of them, it is it is much harder to look across. It is much harder to look at a d twelve that is eight or ten feet away from you and tell what the outcome is. Yeah, right. and plus a lot of people would walk up and see the D12s and be like, "Man, I'm not touching that nerd shit." Yeah, yeah. Plus they've changed they've changed all the all the terminology on the table to be about orcs. <laughs> you know, it's like orc eyes, <laughs> uh, dungeon corridors instead of boxcars. All right, now I kind of want to make this game. <laughs> Let's so open you, a casino. So, do you call it Rulork or Orklet? Well, it'd be cra- it's craps, so neither. Hmm, that is tougher. Yes. Crooks. Yeah. Crooks. <laughs> Crooks. Crooks. Or craps. But then people yeah. would just think it was orc wraps, and they would want to see wrapping orcs, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or craps, like if you. Ate a bunch of bauxite. Ate <laughs> <laughs> and sh- you're shitting ingots. I was really shitting ingots when I saw the boss walk in. Um, really, turds are kind of like food ingots. Uh, yeah, let that settle. Let that sit. I gotta let that mm-hmm. uh, permeate. So yeah, I don't. Uh, that that sucked. That sucked. Then we played some blackjack, and that was pretty fun. And this was at the Morango. Uh, no, the, we didn't. Uh, we didn't make it there. We just went to we went to Agua Caliente. Hmm. Um, it was all right, but same problem. Hey, Would have had the same long. problem at uh, at Morongo, because it's California. Yeah. So what we've learned is don't gamble in California. Yeah, I don't know if the Indian casinos in Arizona have have craps. I've only ever played craps at fake casino night at KOL Con and in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we did that. And, uh, yep. Yeah. Had a, ate some fish tacos. Yeah, you did. I was like a fish taco. I, I don't have them very often, but when I do, I'm like, I should have these more often. Yeah, I miss the uh, the fish tacos at Del Taco. Well, apparently it's called Balmuset. Is the uh, Balmuset? Balmuset. Hmm. Weemawet. B a l m u s e t. Gleebs suggests that it's called the Blues. B l e u s. And I'm down with that. 
I don't think that's a joke that works unless you're reading it, but hey, why not? Bal Moussette is a style of French music and dance that first became popular in Paris in the 1880s. Okay. Hmm. Fair enough. 1880s, I would have thought it was earlier than that. You think? But I, I believe it. I'm not one of those Wikipedia doubters. I don't know. This doesn't say anything about it that uh, makes me believe that that's what it is. There must be knowledge apart from Wikipedia imparted knowledge that led to that answer. Hmm. If I could name a single piece of music that wasn't written by uh, Jan Tiersen in that style, it'd be much easier. Who's Jan Tiersen? Uh, the guy who did the Amelie soundtrack. Ah, yes. Some other stuff. He's fucking great. Although I wouldn't recommend seeing him in concert now because he's decided he wants to be in a band. No. And you know it's it's good, but you're not gonna you're not gonna hear the you're not gonna hear the greatest hits if you go see him. I'm gonna search for Jan Tiersen Ball Musette. Yeah, it's got some. It's got thirty-seven thousand one hundred results. I don't know how 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 many is not a lot of results on Google anymore. I feel like we're rapidly reaching that singularity where every search is going to result in a surprisingly large number of results. Yeah. Look like numbers that are big. It's getting me down because I. When I'm afraid I'm misspelling something, I'll do a Google of both spellings that I'm contemplating and see which one has more hits. And it's getting really close now because nobody knows how to spell anymore, so your hive mind can't really teach you how to spell something. But yeah, you know, I mean, I just generally check a dictionary. <clears throat> you check a dictionary. I, I, my, good old m-w.com. Although that goes through cycles of being terrible or not, depending on what their advertising strategy is in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to tried to give them some money, and they they were pulling the like, oh, we we were like a contractor that lives in uh, Phoenix. We're just not. We're going to ignore you. We were asking what I was trying to do was they they have an API that you can use to get etymology data. But they only let you do like a thousand requests a day hmm. from a from a given from a given thing, and I was like, "Can we just buy? Can we like? Can we pay you some amount of money, and have you remove that restriction for like a month, so that we can at an agreed upon rate collect some data for because we wanted better part of speech data for word realms mm-hmm. is what we were trying to get and. There, there's just not a lot out there. There's just a lot of really, really bad free part of speech data, uh, and then there's a lot of there's a lot of people with big databases of stuff that you'd think they'd want to sell you access to, but apparently they don't. Hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. Every few months, I email that guy again. Hey, 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 hey. hey. We still want this. Hey, buddy. Yeah. That's really strange. I still don't understand what's up with the contractors and why that has been so consistent. Because it's not just that that you keep trying the same guy. It's everybody. Yeah. No, I mean, basically, if you don't already know, if you don't know somebody who you know is going to be reliable, you basically just have to call 
15 contractors and leave a message in the hopes that one of them will call you back. And then maybe you try some more because you're not able to count on that guy showing up when he says he's going to show up. Did you ever try Angie's List? Uh, No, I never did. That's the thing where I haven't tried it yet, but you pay like... They make their money on the people who pay to see the list, not the people who post themselves to the list. So the you pay like 75 bucks to get into this community, but once you're in, you have access to reliable data about people. Yeah. Like contract like, It's stuff. like consumer reports, but for services. Yeah. Might be worth a shot next time the office catches on fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully the next time it catches on fire, I'll have sold it. Huh. Uh, to a charcoal company. Hey, everybody wins. Although I don't think they... <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like it, I don't think, if uh, I bought a bag of Kingsford and on the ingredients it said other people's burned down houses. <laughs> you know, I don't really want to... I don't really want to want to roast a hamburger over... I, mean, I guess you're not really roasting a hamburger if you cook it on a grill. What do you call the kind of cooking that you do on a grill, Mr. Scullet? Uh, clearly uh, roasting. Yeah. Uh, you know, in like, it's melted insulation and stuff. That seems that seems like bad news. <laughs> or, yeah, you know, like ba- baby pictures, like, like <laughs> the crumpled remains of, uh, a, you know, a, a rocking horse. Beloved family once, pets. It was once a beloved, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is an idea for a business not to go into. Right. Ah, man. Well, I don't have anything else to talk about. There was so much of the last few days was just driving and whatnot. Do you want to do want break early and then get to questions? Yeah, let's do a breaker breaker. 1040, 10 WD40. And uh, we'll be back in like 14 minutes. All right. And we're back. Hey, all right. Hey, you know, one thing that I forgot to ask you about. Did you uh, did you listen to the new They Might Be Giants album? No, I didn't know. It wasn't where that came out. Uh, it didn't. Yet. There, there's just a place that you could stream it uh, on uh, Rolling Stone. No, I haven't listened to it yet. I, you know, I, heard, I heard people saying good things about it, but uh, it's, it's more of their sort of latter-day stuff. I'm telling you, man, Join Us was pretty amazing uh, I think I, I don't know that I've heard that at all like this was yeah. another one where it's like oh it's okay so I just sort of start listening to a song and then most of the songs I end up just sort of skipping through them yeah that was how the else was for me it was like here's the Flansburg rock song here's a kind of tired iteration of the Linnell song and they just kind of took turns doing, like, Flansburg doing his big rock sound and Linnell doing... It just kind of, like, sounding like he was sick of it, but this is what you assholes expect me to do, kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, some uh, of that's like was the lyrics... The lyrics set to an older They Might Be Giants song style of song would have maybe seemed okay. And I, and I don't know. Like, when I think about the previous songs like they were so different that it would have been really easy to convince somebody that every song was recorded by a different band yeah 
you know, because it's like they had ideas for the music, and now they you know, they have ideas for the song, they have ideas for the lyrics, but their ideas for music are just like overproduced guitar, bass, and drums. Yeah, like they kind of gelled into a band and quit experimenting with sound. Although I'm serious, if you listen to Join Us, you might feel differently about the the what the band's doing right now. Although I gotta say, I I listened to just the previews for the like four song EP that came out recently, and it sounded like they were back in the else mode. But I mean, what Join Us did was it got there were songs where it sounded like they had actually collaborated on them. Mm-hmm. So like songs where one of them was doing harmony for the other, or one of them was on the verse and one was on the chorus. And lots of different sounds And only a couple of the just Straight up rockers that Good old Flansburg loves to do Yeah I would really suggest that you grab that And listen to it in your car Yeah, I'll try Yeah, I'll try it Uh, Let's do this radio bug bear question Shellpant says, with Power Creep where it is Do you think raising the cap on songs and head for accordion thieves Would be a goodish idea? No, I don't because that's a space that I don't mind putting arbitrarily powerful stuff in and it's specifically because of its limits. If anything, I wish more things worked like that. Uh, April 1st is coming up, says Vinzovin. Uh, Vinovin. Uh, Vinovin. I don't know what you have planned, but adding fake social buttons like uh, like this monster tweet, I just defeated Taco Cat, etc. would throw people for a loop. Uh-huh. You know, one of, the, one of the only forms of sort of modern uh, accepted practices social media integration that I have felt like I would actually be okay with is at the bottom of item descriptions like if you are already logged into Facebook have a thing to post the item description to Facebook yeah which I, it is very difficult for me to imagine the person that would be bothered by that because the kind of person that doesn't ever want any Facebook integration anywhere is not going to be logged into Facebook. Right. But, you know, I don't know. And I just as soon do nothing. Yeah, that was one thing that I thought when we started doing Facebook at all was that would be an interesting thing if we could get a way for people to, like, highlight some text that they found funny and Facebook it. So. Yeah. But I guess, like, limiting, limiting it, limiting it to monsters or items or something would probably be a good idea. I mean, having not ever really paid any attention to how any of this works, like, what would it mean to put a like button on something, right? Because an item in KOL is not a blog post. It's right. not a YouTube video. It's not It's not a comment, right? And those things seem like things, you know, is there a way to like a song on Facebook? Or does that song have to be a Facebook post that links to a song? Yeah, I have no idea. Right? I mean, we put a like button on an item description. 
can we make it so that makes us post that item as a Facebook datum and then adds a like to it? Like, what the fuck does any of this shit mean? Yeah. No, I, I don't know enough about it. to. I can't really get my head around it. And you use it all the time. Yeah, like... Well, I've never used any of the those buttons on other websites that say like on Facebook. Yeah. They made me put those on uh, on Zapcon's site. Yeah. And, okay, I actually used that today to share your shit on Facebook. So, uh, thanks for instantly making me a liar. Yeah, okay. The fact that yeah, I lied so, does not so make me a liar. So basically what those are, those are counters that display a random number, usually zero. Uh-huh. But not always. Like, I, I, I don't understand what that is doing or what any of it means. It's a... Well, like, it's a shot to get somebody with zero effort to show your link to a bunch of people. When I but it's not the, really showing it to a bunch of people anymore, right? When I click the share button, it's loaded up a post for me to make on Facebook that had the link attached and then I could add some text if I wanted to which I did so that's like it's like an easier way to get people to copy and paste your link into a post on Facebook did you do it for them? Mm -hmm. yeah I guess I mean I'm not saying it's a I hope somebody does it I don't know man I hope Zapcon turns out cool. We're getting more, you know, like we're getting more sponsors and more people finding out about it through, you know, the actual channels that Wes is going through in the real world. Um, I'm pretty stoked. It's looking pretty legit. Almost too legit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Every time I make a website, I'm like, eh, everybody's going to laugh at this website because it looks like a website from 1990. I think it is um, a, a refreshing, minimalistic. I don't know. I like the logo a lot. Was that Roy? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's Wes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Anytime you see anything uh, related to Zapcon that was any work at all, that's Wes. Gotcha. Like he is just he is the he is the auteur of this deal. Uh, the World of Square says, "Hey guys, I just thought I'd mention that if you're in San Francisco, I would like to buy you all around. That is all. A round of ammunition." Yeah, he's Canadian. They have all kinds of shit. I don't think they go in for that kind of thing here. I don't think he's Canadian anymore. I think he renounced his Canadian citizenship and moved here to become a cool dude. Yeah, but we all know. <laughs> you know, you, you can take the you can take the nerd out of Canada, but you can't take the Canada out of the cool dude. Right. Okay. Canada. Uh, you know what I you know what I did with the, the the little break time that we had there was I walked into a room where my girlfriend was watching television and I saw some television for the first time since whenever the last time I was hung over in a hotel was. Why was she uh, watching on the television? It was pretty awful. Uh, it, it, well, okay, so it was not actually that bad. I saw a commercial for Crisis 3, which is probably the stupidest... It is definitely the stupidest video game commercial I've ever seen. Maybe the stupidest commercial I've ever seen. That is a bar uh, that is continually moving lower for me. Yeah. Uh, I saw a commercial that 
was just weird that involved a little girl uh, harvesting a plant uh, by by pulling it out of the ground, and it turned out to be a like a, a truck filled with bottles and cans of Canada Dry ginger ale. Huh. Uh, and it made me regret having actually purchased a bottle of Canada Dry ginger ale uh, on on uh, on yesterday. So you retroactively did not wish to support the company. Yeah, and then uh, we what was on was a Tosh Point Oh. Huh. Which, uh, you know. Like, I honestly kind of don't... I, I think that Tosh.0 probably has a net positive impact on the culture in in my judgment of it. Yeah. Right, well, because I think that among the stupid things that it that it puts into the homes and minds of middle America, there are also some some actual funny things, you know? Like just making making the sort of humor that I understand more broadly relevant, right? Like I think it would be better if everybody knew about lolcats. You know, so him telling people about lolcats—that's all right. It's weird to me. Like the show, I find kind of hard to stomach, just because he comes across as such a douche. But his stand-up is hilarious. So yeah, I saw him. I saw his stand-up once a few years ago. <clears throat> I've never seen I mean, him live, but it's his show. It's hilarious. And like, the thing is, it, like, that the show is just it's stuff that's being written for him, right? I mean, it's not like I don't imagine that he comes up with a lot of that material himself. Maybe, maybe he does, but I kind of think of it as like it's like an America's Funniest Home Videos kind of thing, where like it's just not at all like Bob Saget's stand-up. I mean, there it's like, oh, did you know that he's super filthy? Like, it's, you know, crazy sharp relief. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was all right, you know? It's like making jokes about what, what would happen if he got into a fight with different celebrities. Hmm. And, like, that's the kind of fucking joke that I would make. Yeah, and that's fine, right? You know, I, I, want, I want the style of humor that has been engendered by the internet to gain a broader acceptance. And I think that this is either a vehicle for that to happen or an indication that it has happened. Um, I think a lot of people get on him about making a lot of gay jokes. And I think rape is the big thing that we hate about him now, apparently. I thought that was during his stand-up, though. That was during his stand-up, yeah. Yeah. I wonder... I wonder what the, like, standards and practices view in... Something like a, you know, I was watching, uh, I was watching South Park, and there was a joke that Cartman and Butters were running a sort of a military operation where they had code names, and Cartman had given Butters the code name Faggot, which he just kept reluctantly saying, you know, Faggot reporting, and that's funny, right? But I imagine. That's the sort of thing that would start a really long Metafilter comment thread where everyone agreed that the South Park guys are socially irresponsible assholes. Yeah, I mean, we are guys who will always find the the gay joke when it's like joking about someone who's straight being gay to be inoffensive, and we're just going to get slowly more and more in the minority. Yeah, it's weird because I mean, I, I like. 
I feel like what that came from in me was all right, so everybody that I grew up around would get mad if you called them gay. I'm just going to treat it like it's funny. And so, like, that was, you know, that's my way of being progressive about it. Right. But that's not good. You're not going to fucking convince anybody to believe that. Yeah. <clears throat> Wax says, thank you for being the only game that I still play after five and a half years. Well, thank you for playing five and a half years. Yeah. Good on you, Wack. Oh, also, Tim. Yes, let's get some beers. Uh, Media Lad says, So how is it that Jarlsberg, the founder of all modern postamancy and sorcery, doesn't even know a single healing spell? We had a slot reserved for a healing spell for him, but we decided that it was... that he was fine without it. Um, that MP... It was more important that he have plentiful MP for ripping shit up with big spells than him having easy access to like to give him better healing for MP than Boris had which was like the initial plan right Boris had a healing skill we were going to give Jarlsberg a much better healing skill but to make it better would have just basically been giving him an infinite free HP faucet and we just decided he didn't need it there's the staff of the healthy breakfast has the jiggle function as a heal though yep I, mean, I, I think serious players, if they're using one of those staves, they're going to use it. They're going to use a different one than that. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing I would use. In fact, did use when I through my hardcore run. That is the thing that I'm using right now. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, because it's good for somebody who doesn't always one hit kill every monster because of meticulous preparation. Then yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, Casey Wiederman says Combination Avatar of Boris Jarlsberg Sneaky Pete Sonic and Knuckles style You're welcome I don't know that that's good enough To put you're welcome At the end of it um, How would that even work? I never played Sonic and Knuckles I don't know uh, Every co-op game that I'm play- I've played Has been either You have a friend play with you And in split screen And you stand on a switch And they stand on another switch And a door opens Mm-hmm. Or you play with AI and you stand on a switch and they jump into a pit of lava over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how that translates. I, I wonder if it's more of a uh, Lost Vikings kind of thing where you switch you switch between controlling them, mm. or or even like a uh, one of the Castlevania games uh, for the. Game Boy Advance or the 3DS must have been the Game Boy Advance had you were sort of two characters and one of them was like guy with sword and the other one was girl with magic and you would switch which one of them was in front but like it basically didn't matter like they just always followed along wherever you were wherever you the first guy went and I don't know I don't know that there was even collision detection with them like I don't know if the one who was behind you could get hit by traps and stuff no, maybe they could. I don't really remember. Uh, Nick Neck says, Can Jarlsberg be allowed to eat and drink PvP items? For example, beery blood? Thanks. No, man. That's especially gross. Yeah, I really don't see Jarlsberg getting down on... Yeah. You know, people want to play the current challenge path, and they want to play the current PvP season. So that's why they want this. Yeah. But... You we know. gotta keep it real. 
Uh, Wayne Gretzky says, Jake, since you ain't coming up with ta- outfit tattoos so much, can't you just delegate the task to the actual pretentious artist? It's not... I, I keep describing the problem that I have with making these tattoos, and suggestions keep coming in that I feel misunderstand what the problem is. Right? I, so I could ask him, hey, what would you tattoo on somebody to, to, to like, indicate that they're like really enthusiastic about Christmas trees. Right. And maybe he would have an, a better answer for that than, than I would have. But I, my problem is, is not that I am not a creative dude. I don't think, I think my problem is that there isn't actually an answer to that question. Right. And so it is just a struggle to make up. So nobody has ever even once complained about a tattoo right I, what the fuck am I so worried about it having to be good for right it is irrelevant it's just a thing that has to be there yeah you know I guess that isn't true uh, the, the people complain about the uh, bounty hunter hunter tattoo the bounty rig um, yeah maybe, maybe I eventually changed it uh, but it was it was just a it's just a reused icon so huh. that, that people were upset about so that. So the only thing that they complain about is if you don't make a new image. Yeah. Yeah. And then Accidental Dante also says French accordion music rules balmusette. Balmusette. That sounds kind of like bowel movement. Oh, your balmusettes and yours sound more like bowel movement. Yeah, that's what you would say if you were criticizing somebody's balmusette. If I was a Spanish guy... Yeah. Criticizing a French guy's balmusette. Mm-hmm. In English. Exactly. So, yeah, this is probably... Uh, you know, the reason that nobody's ever made that joke before is that that situation has just never come up. Yeah. Sadly. Nick says, Could random defensive fights count towards winningness and fame taken? Uh, I'm the wrong guy to talk to about that. I... I absolutely do not understand what is interesting about a PvP mini game that is based on some aspect of PvP performance. Like I don't I don't get I don't get it. <laughs> like it just it just seems like such a weird design Uruburos. Someday I'm gonna learn how to pronounce that name. Like, I'll look it up. Ouroboros? Ouroboros. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it, and so I, I am not even qualified to weigh in on that question. So, sorry. One of these days, one of these days, C.D. Moyer will be on the radio again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll talk. Forum thread! Wax says, how many questions is too many questions? How many is the right amount? I want to edit some out, but realize I do, in fact, want to ask all of them. Should I move some of these into the Thursday show? I don't know, man. You, yeah, you try to, you can try to distill some some down maybe, but I don't I don't think of you as a guy that asks too many questions. I think of you a guy as a guy that asks a bunch of questions. Why don't any of the Arlsberg staffs have a knob at the end? He is a wizard after all. They all have knobs at the end. There's all like a knob that's shaped like some food. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's newbie retention these days? I don't know. I always assume that it's still basically zero. That was surprising to me when I see a new player. 
Mr. Scullet, not enough questions for you and also some feedback. The Thursday show is where I usually go with my gameplay questions because while you're an excellent host for the first hour of the Monday show, you don't seem to have much to say to the gameplay questions in the second hour, unlike Riven Hot Stuff. Is gameplay and balance not your thing? I know writing definitely is. And gameplay and balance is entirely not my thing. So Let me answer this question for you, yeah. Mr. Scullet. I'm just kidding. So I better go. Now, so I'll like... Occasionally there will be a question about which I have some something to say, but not often. Like, usually, Jick knows what he's talking about, he'll answer the question, and the best I can do is chime in with a, yeah, fucking A. Although, I mean, for, for things where it's like somebody asks an actual thought-provoking question that, that prompts us to have a discussion about what broad philosophical approach to a particular thing we feel more satisfying from an experiential point of view like those are those are the good kinds of questions for for the monday show if people want us both to be talking about them right i mean it was the reason that i I split off and started doing a mechanic show was because this happened yeah early on like when when it got to be way more about q a and 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 less about just fucking around and then it then it got to be kind of half and half I guess alright Gerald'sburg thing uh, the skill cost goes zero curdle five boil freeze chop and then immediately jump up to twenty and thirty is it too late to add stuff to this can we have a middle ground if I have boil and freeze I want to do this and then links to probably some YouTube video yeah no, I can't watch that because of noise but uh, yeah no I mean that's just how it is I I the way that I ended up doing them was that was that way instead of there being a middle ground. You know, the thing about these challenge paths is experiment. Boris Thank equals you. seal clubber but with an axe instead of a club. Zombie master equals turtle tamer but with zombies instead of turtles. Jarlsberg equals saucerer but with the cosmos instead of sauce. The only thing I can think of for Postamancer is some sort of poo wizard. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, I started reading this. Or a zombie master has thing where you use guardian minions to fight for you, but can't fight yourself. I mean, Jarlsberg is sort of both of the mist classes, right? He makes food and not potions. And he has, the, you know, he has those things that are basically what pasta guardians are going to turn into if I do a pasta master revamp. You know, guys made of eggs. Egg <laughs> yeah. noodle man. I don't know, to me, Jarlsberg is playing, like, the platonic ideal of what I want a character in an MMO to be for me, where with very minimal management and no micromanagement, I can walk up to something and just brute force kick the shit out of it with spells. Yeah. Yeah, it's doing its job. And I actually like that better than a walk up to something and beat the crap out of it with a stick. Because with the spell, there's no upper limit. You can do all sorts of cool things with spells that are more narrative, like more narratively interesting than just hitting somebody with a weapon. Yeah. And Jarlsberg is he's getting the job done. Even though, like, even though I wrote the stuff for Bake and Boil and Curdle, I like seeing it come up. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just more interesting, right? I mean, like that's the you can kind of. If you, if you start doing things like, well, this sword now has a lightning enchantment on it or something, and so then you've got a bunch of different messages for now you shock somebody with a sword. Uh-huh. But, but we don't do that. 
but but like just in 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 terms of what is actually interesting to think about doing in the context of just you know causing some bodily harm to a monster you know if we're if we're agreed that that is the primary way in which the player expresses himself in our video game which it's sort of too late to turn back now uh yeah we're not turning but, into a dating sim anytime soon but like thinking about getting animations into word realms it's I, I, hot stuff somehow disagrees with me on this but i just like there are a lot more interesting ways to depict a wizard causing some fire to burn a monster than there are a, a fighter hitting a monster with a sword. And, I, you know, I say that, and I think what, what, he is, what he is suggesting when he disagrees with me is, I'll bet Wes can come up with something, because Wes is a good animator and has a lot of good ideas for stuff like that. But... I, to me, it just seems like a, just a fundamental truth that there are more ways to shoot a fireball at something than there are to hit something with a sword because I can readily imagine more. Sure. And I don't know how, you know, I, maybe it's not a fundamental truth, right? I mean, I think it is when a spell involves... Be, because a spell involves, A, something that is impossible, right? Like, definitionally, magic is not real. Oh, so, you know, it's not that you can't depict. Yeah, you know, we we have a lot of leeway just because we can do cartoon stuff. You know, like you can use a sword that has some sort of time travel narrative associated with it to do something weird that is basically like casting a spell with it, right? And so there can be a funny message about that, right? Right? It isn't just you hit him swinging overhand. Uh, you hit him, and then you hit him again on the other side, right? Like, jokes are jokes help with the ability to do that. Right. But it is, I, I, you know, I agree with you. I would play, I would always play a wizard if wizards in gameplay terms were as straightforward moment to moment as playing fighters. But I always end up playing fighters because that's the thing that lets me sort of get into a flow Right, because it is just like I'm just hitting the same button over and over again, and not really worrying about mana or anything. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm glad to hear. I'm glad so to what hear do you that do? Explain that. How could you make a combat system that would be interesting for guys like us? <clears throat> do you end up treating attacks as spells and assigning values to them, and giving you a limit on how many you can do in a row, kind of thing? You know, I mean, that's how, that's certainly how, like, 4th edition D&D did it. Got a lot of crap about it from, from people saying that, you know, it's, like, it just turned Dungeons & Dragons into World of Warcraft. Hmm. I don't personally agree with that criticism. I, this is great, because I don't even play, bro. I don't even, I don't even dungeoneer, bro. But I find myself constantly caught up in edition wars about Dungeons and Dragons and it's <laughs> fucking great I'm so glad that I finally get that rite of passage but I mean a lot of people are bothered by the idea of you know people would say well in 4th edition D&D they wanted to make combat tactically interesting for everybody 
and make everybody feel powerful and like they're doing special stuff. And so they sort of codify, like a wizard can cast one giant fireball per day and a fighter can do one crazy swashbuckling thing a day or one thing a day where he hits every monster at the same time with his special move or whatever. And people don't want that. People say, well, it's just my fighter is a wizard that casts fighter spells and my thief is a wizard that casts thief spells and my wizard is a wizard that casts wizard spells. But it's like, no, your character is a character who is playing under a set of rules that support dramatic situations, right? And it it is not realistic that there's some crazy move with a sword that you can only pull off once without it totally exhausting you right. more than just swinging a sword would. But it's more fun, right? I always use the, the, the like, complaining about that is like saying that The Karate Kid would have been a better movie if as soon as he learned the crane kick, he just finished every fight instantly by crane kicking the dude. As opposed to the crane kick being like crazy powerful, risky but successful last minute dramatic trick. So, in an attempt to put more to make combat more movie-like, almost, they ended up making it so people didn't get what they wanted to out of that character. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I don't really understand. None of the no, none of the arguments that. against that system have ever rung very true to me. I mean, it's hard right. for somebody like you or I, though, because we're like. Well, yeah, that's awesome. You were playing every class like a wizard class. That's exactly what I want to be able to do. So. Yeah, and and it's like, and the thing is, they don't. The the. At least in the in the base set, right? I I eventually stopped buying fourth edition D and D books, you know, because I was like, why do I keep buying all of these just to like read them? You know, why do I keep buying books and just reading them? God. You know, but 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 that's not what these are really for, right? And it got to the point yeah. where it's like, I'm not going to keep buying modules that I'm never going to play. You know, it was interesting to see a few of them. Like, what were their best ideas? What were their, you know, what what were they leading with? But like, the the special moves that like a rogue has are something like, you know, the one that I remember is sly flourish, right? And so this is like. The thing that is on this card is not a spell that you are casting. It is a dramatic it is a dramatic device that it is now your responsibility to describe in terms of how you want your character to be. Yeah. Right? And and what it does tactically is it attacks someone at a distance. Right? But you can say, why well, I jump up onto a chandelier rope and throw a rock at him or you can say you know I sneak around behind him and hamstring him before he notices or whatever and if you do things that don't mechanically violate the rules the dungeon master is not going to say well no actually he's four squares away and you can only move three well but this ability says that I can attack him at this distance right so what the fuck difference does it make how I describe it huh and that's what they could complain complain about. Well, just having all of these things be these crazy abilities that you use. But if you actually read the descriptions on them, they're like, you know, he didn't see that one coming, or something. And yes, yeah. 
I do think it's awesome that you can argue that not having not played it. Well, I've played some of it. I mean, I, like, I haven't played enough of it to really be invested. I haven't played the previous editions enough to really be invested in a full-on. But I think you do the best. You argue points best that you don't have a vested interest in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you do that in a video game, though. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's... It, the way that the way that MMOs do it, it's like they they have a different feeling sort of thing. Like a like eh, how does how did this work? Like in in a World of Warcraft or uh, the Old Republic, right? Like the 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 warrior guy, the Jedi guy, gets more frenzied as the fight goes on, hmm. right? Like taking damage makes you mad, and then you have special moves that unlock when you're especially mad. And thieves get a fairly even keel like they regenerate this resource over time and all of their abilities cost a percentage of that resource but they 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 always have the same amount of it right it's it's they just have like a rhythm and rely on on building up sort of combos and doing doing things in a particular order whereas wizards just have a bunch of mana and they just throw a bunch of fireballs each of which consumes some mana the more mana they have, the more fireballs they can throw. But once they're out of mana, it's like potion or fucked. Right. And and that's, you know, over time, those ability systems have evolved to where everybody is more or less doing same amount of damage to monsters because otherwise people only play the classes that do the most damage because that makes you level faster and stuff, right? Um. You know, and, and the, the weird specializations have become a lot more optional than 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 characteristic of a of a class, or a sort of uh, idiomatic for for a particular like archetype. Hmm. You know, so I don't know. I like I don't know how you. I mean, Boris definitely felt like a big fighter guy, and Jarlsberg felt like a wizard. Jarlsberg feels like a wizard. I mean, Boris still feels like that, right? Um, I think. With 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 Sneaky Pete, it's going to be trickier because we don't... The, the one thing that I think KOL has never been particularly good at is having a very thiefy kind of character. Right? The way that that actually plays out is like, oh yeah, combat lasts four or five rounds because I'm doing less damage because I'm using a rare range weapon. But it's alright because I'm not getting hit. You know, rather yeah. than having like a style, I think that's we have similar feelings on player on how we want to play the game, and that's why they end up kind of weak. Because I hate playing Moxie characters for that reason. Like, what do you mean I can't just walk up and one hit them with my awesome spell and have it do something cool? Yeah, and I've never figured out how to play them, and I guess it's not that hard. People, it's just, I mean, people yeah. like people are broadly in agreement that the Disco Bandit is the best class to play, and I don't really get it because they're also in agreement that most of the Disco Bandit skills might as well not exist because they're all just like variations on a theme. Hmm. So I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I guess they just, you know, maybe it's maybe it just comes down to like when I was a low, you know, a sort of a low knowledge, low skill player, I spent less time beaten up when I was a disco bandit so I just liked them more 
Hmm. You know, it's all about them just not getting hit because they have their as their prime stat the thing that makes you not get hit. Hmm. I'm sure people will. Uh, I'm sure people will tell me why I'm stupid. <laughs> Please, we gonna... appreciate your messages about why we are stupid. I eat food. Says. Uh, yeah, some some observations and some questions. Uh, do you ever plan on letting us have a season or two off from Challenge Pass so we can play the game like we did in the olden days? <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm curious how many people feel like I, my my take on it is that there are more people that play like my girlfriend than that play like most of the people that post in the forums, right? Like she started her first Yarlsberg run yesterday because it wasn't like oh my god I'm in a huge hurry to do this. She's not going to do 30 of them. You know? So I don't know that... I don't know that the burnout at the high end on there being too much new stuff to do is endemic. But but I don't know. I mean, we are... We are cranking stuff out at an alarming rate. And it's not like we used to. Right? Like, we're cranking stuff out without having to balance it against other stuff. And that's awesome because it's easier and it lets us sort of flex our creative muscles a little more which is very satisfying to us because we've been doing the same job for 10 fucking years I think if we if we were to add that karma bonus to your first run of anything that that would take some of that sting off we did that this morning cool I think that you know, having you don't even that read the, you don't even read the announcements anymore actually I Chris did that like five or six days ago and I didn't realize he had finished <laughs> it See, I asked then, a couple of days ago when I was updating the comeback email, and nobody knew if it had gone in, so I didn't put it in the email. I, I should think, go change I think that it right now. I think at, at that point it either wasn't done or it was done, and I didn't know it was done. Yeah, you told me that it, it wasn't done and that Chris would have to do it, and you were right. You were just like you were <laughs> you were not informationally mistaken. You were temporally mistaken. Yeah. Uh, his next question. Do you have thousands of challenge path ideas and plan on rolling them out nonstop for at least the next 10 years? We generally have between zero and one challenge path ideas in the pipe. Right. Um, you know, like, the did- bugbear... The bugbear invasion went from... That went from idea to implementation in, like, two or three weeks, I think. Because when when does the next one have to go? Uh, it was it's in the, June, I thought. March to April to April. May. May. It's May May fourteenth. Yeah. So yeah, the the next one is well in hand. Um, Scully Scully's got that basically entirely mapped out. Actually, like I, I looked yeah. at that and I was like, wow, this is a thing that I can actually sit down and and implement for you to start doing the writings on the thing. Like that's great. No. Um, and that's way fucking early. Uh, do you have tons of irons in the fire and just finishing up the one you will need in six months at random and rolling it, or do you have a order that is not to be messed with? Too bad it's French toast day. Man, it's never French toast day. Um, there are always a bunch of big things not being worked on at all that we know we should be working on, and then there are a bunch of more immediate due dates that are the only things that really get us get us moving. I am uh, I'm serious about March being the C month though. The movement on that is is heartening. For sure. Yeah. It, you know, it is it is it, it's happened. Like I see a path forward. C. <laughs> yeah, you know. So 
this is good. I see. Um, Matraxa says, I've listened to the kerfuffle about uh, the Age of Joros damage caps, and it's been interesting. While on the whole, I prefer systems that increase efficiency with cost, I can see how this makes the correct choice of spell obvious and understand your reasons for disliking that. That said, however, I think it's important that KOL casters retain access to at least one unbounded spell if the idea is incorporated into the class revamps for sorcerers and postmancers, since Aftercore, the sea, and clan dungeons are a thing. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. They're, they're like, I would never, I would never get rid of the ability for Aftercore spellcasters to do unbounded damage that that is the the sort of like experimental system that i just that i just shat out to see if it was fun to play with like it had five things in it and that was one of them so don't don't even don't even sweat that we don't understand the importance of that like the thing about a wizard is those numbers are huge and they're colored um that's also the thing about professional boxing yeah. Uh, Boolbar says, any chance of adding the number of Jarlsberg skill points people have on the Ascension log is it is impossible to tell if a player has used any fragments of Jarlsberg's soul. That way we can tell if somebody has done a kick-ass starting skills only Jarlsberg run or a kick-ass used two cosmic buckets worth Jarlsberg run. You know, in this particular case, I don't think it is important to, to, to know that. Like, it's... Yeah, I... Like, and we get it, right? The people... Yeah. Some people are questioning the purity of the run. I mean, by the end, by the end, there won't be any difference, right? Like somebody who has just played a bunch of runs for the entire season is going to be in exactly the same shape as somebody who skipped through that part. You know, I guess that person has had a little bit more practice, but that is not what's going to make the difference in in who's on the board. We have been talking about the idea of including a little bit more data in Ascension records because we've got... You know, we've got space for it at this point. Like, a lot of stuff that we haven't done in the past because of database concerns, like, computers are 10 years newer than they were, and we have, we replaced the database servers with much, much more powerful and also one-fifth the price new hardware. So, you know, we can get away with more than we used to. Um, I kind of don't like adding yet another thing to people's Ascension history that, like, Oh, we didn't used to keep track of this, and now we do. So there's just this weird spot where the history gets wider. Mm. Um, but that's a stupid reason not to do something. Filoni says, "What sort of punishments do you inflict on programmers who miss deadlines? None whatsoever." We're a, we are. I don't believe in punishment, man. Sometimes you yell. Yeah, every and every great once every great once in a while. I, I express intense disapproval. And that's that's punishment enough. It's like when your parents are disappointed in you. That's uh you're like my parents when they're disappointed in me. Trust also me. all he has also, to do is be in terms stern. of having sex with your mom. Yeah. There I am you like go. half of, I am like half of, I'm half of your parents. Um, I am sure that my mom has had sex with my mom. I mean she also might masturbate while thinking about herself, yeah, so that's that's another thing I have in common with your parents. You should really talk about my mom in the context of masturbation more. Should I mean, I? less. <laughs> Richard Baby 4000 says, Just completed my first game in Foreign Power Video Tractor Dungeon, and I have to agree with people who say the fact writing is pretty good. I particularly like the controls section, probably because it makes me think of that video game's hot dog episode where entering 1234 into the imaginary, an imaginary childhood computer executed the command space. 
Uh, that's probably the thing that has made me laugh the hardest since I started listening to the podcast. Dick Baby 4000 is pretty close, however. While I'm in the subject, I'll cast my vote in favor of the smut arc writing. While I'm not some sort of sophisticate, but a material called morning wood cracks me up. Yeah, boy, do we yes, ever no. not want to talk about the smut arc writing more, but it turns okay. out that our our company is still here. And people are still playing our game uh, at a fairly regular clip. So Yeah, you know, we don't wanna we don't wanna get into like smug territory about it, I don't think. No, I'm like, just saying like I I think this was not as big a deal as we had worried that it was going to be. Or at least I yeah. had worried it was gonna be. So Yeah, I mean I, I well, yeah. The fact I, that there was like, no every, serious everything is means, every tempest is in a teapot until proven otherwise. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the way the American judicial system works. Boy, the control uh, section of the of the game facts do remind me of every time I've tried to play a modern video game, though. Yeah, that Sigh. the fucking just the screen with all the words pointing and all that. It's like this has to just be us getting old. Although you know. I am not at all intimidated by extremely complicated PC games. Uh-huh. Right? Because a keyboard is supposed to have that many buttons on it, and I know where they all are. And if you if you played enough games on a particular console that you just became intimately familiar with that controller and and the and the sort of like precepts that the controls designers were operating under, like I, it is not that I am old. It is that I do not spend enough time playing console games to not be frustrated by the controls. The problem I have is that the only real way to get a complex control scheme in your head now is with uh, tutorial. So like the first level of every game is teaching you this complex set of controls. And once you get them down, you're good. But then when you walk away from it and you don't come back it for a month you've forgotten all of the controls and you don't you either have no manual or the manual is useless or you have a single screen that shows you what the controls are that is equally useless because there's no context so or you have to play through the yeah, tutorial you play again the which you don't want again. to because that all yeah, you ever the do actual contents of it are you is shit you are you all you still remember yeah so I mean, that's why, that's why if there's a game that's important to me that if I, if it's important to me that I actually play it, I force myself to play it every day until I am, I have gotten what I need out of it, right? And that's how I actually finished Arkham Asylum because I really wanted to finish Arkham Asylum. I wanted to see all of that game, but then the sequel to it came out, and I was like, I, you know, I played it real enthusiastically for one day, and then I came back and played it some more the next day, and then I walked away from it, and now I would have to start over if I went back to it, and so I'm just mm. probably never going to. Uh, Glimb says, I was listening to the show from 2-21-2013, and hearing you talk about tattoos got me thinking. I've always thought it odd that you could change your tattoos at will. No, it's it's a joke. It's not It's not odd. Right. It's madcap. Uh, would it be possible to add a shop to Valhalla to let you choose your tattoo? Each tattoo could give a small bonus for the run. Now, I really don't want... Like, the one tattoo that actually does something in-game, I want that to I want that to be a weird outlier. Uh, ACM says, Is there really no trophy for doing one classy run in each class, not even an accomplishment? We didn't want to f- make people feel like they had to do that. You know, it seemed it seemed like too much to ask for a trophy. 
um, Linguini Lad says, was it intentional that Tomb Ratchet sounds like Tomb Rat shit? It is neither intentional nor true that right. Tomb Ratchet sounds anything like Tomb Rat shit. Um, Every Tomb Rat's name is Chet. Mm-hmm. If that helps. Aravagantos says, Researching the tower of procedurally generated skeletons in the wiki, apparently sometimes skeletons get a 40% buff to their stats, or a 1.4 multiplier, if you will. Their HP also scales with 1.4x the floor they appear in. Curiously, everything inferns where these basement scales to the power of 1.4. Is Jake obsessed with procedurally generated 1.4s? Since the answer's gotta be yes, I'll ask why. Yeah, I don't know. Like, 40% is a nice amount to increase something by. You know, I like it. It's not quite 50. It's quite a bit more than 25. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons that point four is good. Costanza Foss says, if each of you were to make a list of the games that define you as a gamer or shaped you into the gamer you are today, what are a few titles that would have to be on your list? Wishbringer and Loom and NetHack for me. Yeah, definitely Loom. Loom is one of the few games that I played all the way through That that wasn't like a platformer. So yeah, definitely yeah. Loom. Um, honestly, Baron Realms Elite, I still remember, and it's weird. Like I'm sure that if I played it today, it would seem really skeletal, but it seemed so rich when I was playing with it. Yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but probably that more so than like like Legends of the Red Dragon was clearly like crazy influential. Usurper seemed like a better version of that, but I never really got that into it. I never really got that into Legend of the Red Dragon either. Like the the first time a day's turns was exactly the same as a previous day's turns was sort of when I started losing interest in a door game. Um, and that happened less with Baron Realms Elite because you know, you were fighting other dudes. And so, you know, when you attacked somebody the landscape was going to be different once they found out yeah. about that. And and I never really wanted to get into PvP in, in any of the, the sort of like fantasy role-playing door games. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought a lot about BBS door games in a while. It's I, I hate to see the legacy of the kind of gameplay that, that that style of game has and the KOL has get sort of polluted by the end of its evolutionary track being Farmville. Right? And so, yeah. oh, well, this this genre turned into poison as opposed to, like, no, the, the, like, like, there are people who will just dismiss outright as, like, psychologically manipulative and greedy bullshit a game that imposes daily limits on how much you can play. Right? And... It's. I think it's categorically different. I think the KOL's adventures system is categorically different than like Farmville's. You do this, and then you have to come back fifteen minutes later if you want to do it again, because it's fifteen minutes, right? It's not play this again next time you feel like it, and you'll be more or less as well off as if you did it twice as often. Oh. Right. It's it's just, it, it, and and it is it is weird, and you know it it is telling. I, I think that something that is 
basically just a different point on the spectrum, I find just totally reprehensible. Yeah. Right? And is, it, is the only reason that the KOL thing doesn't bother me is because I wouldn't... I, you know, I can say that I think I wouldn't be bothered by it. Like, I played the shit out of Twilight Heroes, and I just could not fucking deal with Echo Bazaar. Even though the content in Echo Bazaar is great. You know, but Twilight Heroes, you play it once a day, and you're done. Like, Metroplexity, you play it once a day, and you're done. But fucking Echo Bazaar, you play it, you, you do a tiny amount of stuff... And then an hour later, you can do a, another tiny amount of stuff. And, like, I'm not going to play it every hour. But if I play it every day, I'm going to feel like I'm fucking it up because I'm not playing it every hour. And so my answer is just to stay away from it completely. Yeah. I'm encountering... outside. So I, I took a weird step into the world of freemium stuff because half of my newsfeed on Facebook is playing this Candy Crush saga thing. So, I got the app on the Android and it's a free-to-play your basic match three kind of thing with some special abilities. It constantly suggests that you share your progress with everybody, which I just don't. Mm -hmm. But then so every level you can pick power-ups but if you pick them, you have to buy them from the store for actual currency. So, like, you could, you unlock the color bomb that blows up everything on the screen to be used as a power-up, but in order to use it in your game, you have to pay, like, a buck twenty to get it. And you start out with X number of lives, like, chances to succeed at a, pu a puzzle. Players can send you extra lives... When you run out, you're prompted to either ask your friends to give you their some of their lives or to buy lives in their store. Or wait 15 minutes and we'll give you a life. And that is just fascinating to me to think... Like, it doesn't really bother me because I just... Okay, well, I'm done playing with this for now. Until... Yeah, like, the point, until the point at which the game asked me for a dollar to do something is the point at which I'm done doing whatever that thing is, right? Like, yeah. It's like, I'll I, wait you know, the 15, but it, it baffles me to think that there might be people who would pay for that. So, it, there is yeah. a game there is a game called Chip Chain that is that is just a, a sort of a it, it is a, a well-designed puzzle game um, where it's, it, it has been compared to Drop 7 I, I don't remember enough about Drop 7 to really know how it compares, but like you basically get dealt these chips with a value on them and you place them on a grid and then it randomly places some other stuff on the grid and then if you get like three ones in a row you click one of them and it collapses them into a two and you get three twos in a row it collapses them into a three and it's just a really fun game there are these sort of extra moves that you get by playing these ability cards that you either earn through um, through combos or you can buy them using these coins that you get for beating games or that you can just buy a, a, a passel of them in the cash shop. Hmm. And the way that that game worked, if you gave them $10, you could basically play two or 300 games at 
absolute max power. Huh. Right? If you could not arbitrarily spend money to increase your abilities in a single game, right? You could buy one of each ability with these coins, and $10 gave you enough coins to buy 100 of each ability. And I just gave him $10, because, like, you know what? I like this game, and it is more fun with these abilities at my disposal, and I'm not... There's no fucking way that I would pay a dollar to be really good at one particular instance of this. Right. Right? But I will pay $10 for 100 of them, because, like... Because whatever. I mean, that is that is basically like I just bought the deluxe version of this game as far as I'm concerned, right? I'm not going to be enthusiastic about this for so long that I run out of this resource that I've bought for a totally reasonable amount of money. And it's... You know, I mean, it just, it, it just depends. Like, it, There are ways to do it. That, but it has to feel like so Penny Arcade did a good talk up on their the Real Racing Three, where they thought the micropayments got into got in their way too much, and like they compared it to, like this is the modern equivalent of an arcade, where you put money in, you have to put money in periodically so that you can continue playing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes sense, but I mean like. So this game, I will never give any money to because they just... They're asking for it at every step. And, like, the basic things like power-ups that feel like they should be included in the game aren't. Mm-hmm. But there's... A, Scramble for Friends has a system where you spend coins. Like, you start every day with seven coins. You pay one coin to start a game against somebody else. You play one coin to play your turn in your game that somebody else has started with you. They have power-ups that you get one per game that are free, and then you spend one of your coins to do it again. And if you're out of coins, then you have to wait to get more or buy more. And that is a limit that I've never hit on that one. But when they offered, if I buy the app for a dollar, they'll make the coins regenerate faster, I totally did it. Mm So, yeah, I'm not sure where it lands. I've given Song Pop three or four bucks because with that you're buying playlists for the songs that you can choose for people so you get an entire different category to play with I don't, I don't your, know like, what that bucks. app is um, you pick an opponent you pick a genre of music and it plays little snippets of five songs and gives you four choices to identify the song so, yeah, like, four different names, and you have to pick which is the person, or four different titles, you have to pick the song title. And that sounds fucking great! It is, it is pretty great. And it's just, you know, so you're... And there are categories like... <laughs> things that are exciting for me that are not for you. Uh, you know, like, everything from like musical... show tunes, or... Everything from show tunes to J-pop. You know, so there's something in there that you're going to be into... And you're picking the category that you're both playing under? Yeah, you pick a category, you play the round, they play the round, then they pick a category, and you both play. Ah, okay. You have... So you're... When you buy a genre, you're adding it to the pool of, like, the four categories that'll get served up for you to pick. 
Uh, Each time. I see. So you're not necessarily going to get it every time, but in my experience, you get it often enough that it's worth buying the things. And, and it's just super fun. And after playing for a couple of days, like, wow, it would... I'm really tired of losing to my cousin who keeps picking Modern Country. Like, ooh, movie soundtracks. For... So if I give you $5, I can buy eight of these subgenres. Like, sweet. We'll do yeah. that immediately. I think it would be more fun for me if you... If you guys had to, like, agree on the genre for the whole game. Hmm. Or right, if you if it was like it presented you both with the same list of genres and you were just like rank these in order. I mean, I guess there is the tactical thing of it so I guess it seems like the the notion of like picking something that you know you will be good at and they will be bad at with musical genres, that seems so binary to me that you might as well not be doing it, right? Like if if you're getting to pick the category and Broadway musicals is in the category it, you might as well just be picking give me five points wow. and Zach zero points right and like it seems like it would be more interesting if it was you know you both rank them and then whichever one has the highest sum mm-hmm. is the category that gets picked or something so that it's you know I, I, I guess you, I could also just play it with somebody who I knew wasn't going to do that yeah like I was going to say it kind of works itself out because like if my cousin picked a modern country every time we played, I would stop playing with her. Yeah. And she knows that. So she just throws it in occasionally. Yeah, like if she's lost three games in a row, she can always throw that in and get a win. And that's sure. fine. You know, I listened to four seconds of five country songs and I randomly pick my choices and I have a twenty five percent of getting them right. And Right. Is it is it totally does it fine. play out in real time or is it asynchronous? It's asynchronous. So it, it tracks how fast you click them and then how fast they click them and then displays the results to you. And what is it called? Song Pop. Huh. Does it exist for iOS? Yeah, okay, iOS. I just and, find out right now. And Facebook. And I Android. wonder if we can play with each other across different kinds of devices. I think so. I'm, like, I have it hooked into my Facebook account, so that's how to find me on there. Because anything that ever asks to connect via Facebook instead of having me generate a new login for anything, I will always do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Hey, you should check that well, out. It is super fun. Yeah, uh, everybody. You know, I think it's probably a good place to end this instead of just, like, reading one more question or something. This was fun. That was a... See? Kostanzafos? That was a great fucking question. We did not talk about what your question was about, really. Right. But that just not being some particular question about some specific KOL system, but something that you were interested in hearing both of our answers to, great, great Monday show question. And also, every week somebody needs to ask the question, how come Mr. Skullhead doesn't talk more? Because that will subconsciously motivate me to talk more. Yeah, there you go. So, whack uh, in your giant list of questions for next week, please add that. Yeah, and I eat food. Also, quote somebody else uh, asking that question from some period of some number of weeks ago. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, everybody.